Welcome to this podcast from Greater Boston on WGBH2. It is one in a series of interviews with authors conducted by Greater Boston host Emily Rooney. Our podcasts are made possible through the generous contributions of WGBH viewers and listeners like you. Thanks for joining us. And now, here's Emily. On February 8, 1991, Paul Wickersham dressed for work, made coffee for his wife, then went into his study and shot himself to death. His daughter, Joan, chronicles her father's death and the 15 years that followed in her new book, The Suicide Index, Putting My Father's Death in Order. And Joan Wickersham is here. Welcome. Thank you. Joan, I was just so struck by this book because I think almost everybody knows someone who has committed suicide. I have an ex-boyfriend, a couple of teenage sons and daughters of friends. But I had the same kinds of questions that you were asking. You want to know why. You want to know, you know, how could they? And do you feel like you were able, through all the tracings, I read through this, that in the end you sort of got it? I think I sort of got it, but I think that when I first started asking why, I think I thought it was going to be a single sentence answer. I thought I think I was gonna, I thought I was going to solve a mystery in a way that would be definitive and clear and succinct. And I think what I realized working through my father's death and working through the process of writing this book is that it's a complex question that there are a lot of mysteries embedded in a suicide and that you never reach a perfect, complete, final answer. One of the things I appreciated was uh, you trying to trace the thought process, you know, projecting yourself into your father's mind. You said that this is somebody you didn't, the person you knew, first of all, didn't approve of suicide, which I agree with that, I don't approve of it, and he could never have done it. And then you, there you are trying to sort of follow through the thought process. Yeah. I think one of the things I didn't understand about suicide until this happened in my family is that there really is a kind of set of paradoxes and that as you say, my father did not approve of it. My father gave no sign of, not only did he give no sign of being suicidal, he really didn't give much sign of being depressed. Mm. He was very private. He Even was though very, he had a failed business, get yeah. a loan, and there's some other things. Yeah, were, but he just, you know, he seemed like a, yeah. a kind of grown-up private man who, you know, had some hardships and was, was dealing with them. And I think nobody had any sense of how much despair he must have been feeling until after he did this. And then, mm. of course, it's too late. You talk about all the emotions it took to you. You said for a long time you, you felt nothing, and then anger, and then there's embarrassment that goes along with it too. Yeah, I think I think that that that, that embarrassment that uh, um, attaches to someone's family after yeah. this happens, that I actually think is something that I would love to see change because mm -hmm. I think there's a way that when this happens, you, you're, you're kind of marooned sure. in the experience. You feel that everybody's judging. I felt that everybody was judging my father. People were thinking of him as weak and crazy and beyond the pale. And in a way, it sort of put our whole family mm -hmm. beyond the pale. And I think that that didn't really help. You know, afterward, what you really need is you just need people to to listen and to understand, and to understand that there's no quick getting over it and that there's no easy answer to why it happened. Did you eventually feel anger toward him? Eventually I did, but I think at the beginning I didn't feel angry toward him because I felt like everybody else was so angry mm -hmm. at him that I didn't want to somehow add to his punishment. I felt he'd been very angry at himself. I think he was, he was someone who felt that he had somehow failed in business, failed to provide for his family, failed to be a success in the big American dream way that he wanted to be. And I, I, I felt like after he'd been so angry at himself, how could I add to that? And yet, of course, there is always anger that you have at, at, at this person you loved for not, not being able to say, help me, and for leaving you. Mm -hmm. 
It was dramatic. He, he shot himself in the heart. Most people don't do that. They do something in the head because you never know. I mean, he must have known exactly what was going to happen. I mean, looking back now, I mean, your mother found him, was in a, yeah. in, a, in a state of shock. I mean, how did your mother cope with it? Well, you know, one of the challenges that I think happens after um, not just a suicide, but after any big event that rocks a family, yeah. and most families have something oh, big yeah. that rocks it, <laughs> and um, everybody has their own way of coping, and one of the things that's hard is that my way wasn't my mother's mm -hmm. way, wasn't my sister's way. My mother's way was to really, for a long time, kind of insist that it was this very happy, lovely family, but just this one, mm -hmm. this one except unfortunate yeah. thing happened and it's a pretty big exception um, and I think you, what I tried to do with my mother was just to be there for her and listen to her but she wanted me to kind of corroborate mm -hmm. her version of things and I couldn't quite do that so I think one of the things that happens after a big event is everybody's got their own version of not just that event but of the whole family mm -hmm. well, who, who are we and, and a big event changes who are we um, and I think over time my mother came to accept, um, she had some guilt after yeah. my father's death, as I think any spouse probably does. Um, but I think she, I think she found a way to continue mm. to love him and, and be very angry at him at the same right. time. Well, I really enjoyed the way you wrote this, so, the Suicide Index. Thank John you. Wickersham, thanks for coming. Thanks for listening to this podcast, one in a series of interviews conducted by Greater Boston host Emily Rooney. We invite you to watch Greater Boston weeknights on WGBH2 at 7 p.m. and again at midnight. The program is also available through Comcast On Demand.